Hi, this is Scott Schultz, and you're listening to Busted Los Angeles, true stories about getting around L.A. told by people who don't drive. It's the spooky season, October, Halloween's approaching, leaves are changing, ghosts are appearing, and I have a ghost story that takes place on a bus. I was riding uh, on the 20 down Wilshire Boulevard, and a bus driver, you know, I was just chatting with them. I do that every now and then. I like to hear their stories. And this bus operator told me a story. It stuck with me, partly because I recently moved back to Pasadena. He said when he first started driving, he wanted to get extra hours. So he took the bus that nobody wanted to drive. It was the haunted bus. It was actually the number 10 bus uh, in Pasadena. It's the bus that goes uh, over the Colorado Avenue Bridge and wraps up somewhere around the museums up by Green Street. And this bus is haunted, uh, or at least reputed to be haunted, because it crosses the Colorado Avenue Bridge, which is known by the locals in Pasadena as the Suicide Bridge. Uh, it's known as the Suicide Bridge because, you know, for about 100 years or so, people get depressed and they jump off it occasionally. I think it started around the time of uh, the Great Depression. You know, it's the highest bridge in Pasadena with a nice view. So it makes sense, you know, for a suicide bridge, you're going to go to the, the highest one uh, that doesn't have, you know, fences or anything. However, uh, there's also a few ghosts uh, reputed to, you know, linger on this bridge. Uh, there was one woman who uh, she had been a, a, a mother down on her luck or depressed. She jumped off the bridge and her baby survived. The baby got hung up in a tree, still alive today, to this very day. The woman, however, she managed to fall all the way to the bottom and she died. However, her ghost can still be seen on the bridge looking for her baby. So this bus driver, he got some extra hours. He got the last shift and he was psyched for the extra hours. He was crossing the bridge and approached the stop that probably would have been right at Norton Simon Museum. A man gets on the, on the bus, has a bag, nondescript, rolls to the back of the bus. They cross the bridge. They get to the final stop. He turns around to tell the only passenger to get off the bus. Final stop. There's nobody there. It's a ghost. Ooh. He said it was so real, a shiver went down his spine. He never drove that bus again. And there's your Halloween bus story. It's not that scary. It's a bus, you know? I, I actually ride that bus. Uh, I rode it afterwards at night. I wasn't even aware of the suicide bus. You know, I, it just happened to be the bus that I have to take. It's the, you know, I, I took the, I went over it today uh, to get over here. It's how you get from Pasadena to Hollywood. But uh, I was riding one night on the bus afterwards, I think it was after I had uh, done a, a sh my web show at the Drumbox Lab, and uh, I could see the, the ghost hunters on the bridge. I'd never noticed them before because I didn't know it was a haunted bridge. Uh, and there were all these ghost hunters with their phone up staring at my bus as it was going over. And I was thinking, like, what if I'm the ghost? <laughs> yeah. That's scary. You never know. You know, if you're a ghost, you don't know you're the ghost, you know? It's like in Beetlejuice. You just wake up in the house, and you're like, why are people here? And uh, that's like me. I'm like, why are people on this bus? You know, this is my bus. And this is my limo. 
Anyway, uh, we have a special guest today. I have Bella Cosper here. Woohoo! And she is from Georgia, if you couldn't tell from her accent already. Yee-hee-haw. All she had to say is woohoo, and you could hear Georgia. Uh, and uh, she lives up in the hills of Hollywood, and she rides the bus. And I do, I do. What's your bus of choice? Oh, of choice. Of necessity, I should say. Of necessity. You're not, you're not choosing the bus. <laughs> I prefer the red line, but <laughs> as far as buses, I've got the Beachwood Dash. That's a love-hate relationship. Uh, the 207, I begged for about five months for them to stop at their cut-through at Beachwood and Franklin. It does now. That started a few months back. So I'm very grateful for that 207, even though you know it stops at the layover and we have to walk down to the next stop. It's amazing to have that at nighttime. Yep. And the 207 continues down. uh, Western. It goes from the top of Western all the way down past the Expo line, the Green line. What other lines are down? To the end of Western. Yeah, that's one of the longest bus rides actually in the city. That's what the drivers say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I actually have uh, ridden the bus, you know, like uh, down past the – where the uh, the bus driver lounges are and stuff, and I'll hear them commiserating, uh, going down towards Harbor Gateway, and uh, I've heard them actually say when they talk about what the worst buses are to drive, uh, the two oh seven was wow. the one that they hate to drive the most, and and I heard the the driver even say, when I get assigned that bus, I'm thinking like, come on, I have seniority, <laughs> you know, what did I do wrong, you know, wow. this is not fair. Well, I'm grateful for my 207. You go 207. That's also the closest bus to here, uh, where it we is. record this uh, this uh, podcast. And one of the the beauty of it is, um, I was doing a lot of stuff down here at UCB when that 207. When I was begging it to stop there, and they approved it, and it was wonderful. I mean, I can walk. It's a really sweaty walk to walk over here from my house. Yeah, and in the summer. In the summer, and then at nighttime. Um, you know, it's it's kind of sketchy. So I was so glad to get that 207. And uh, I don't think I mentioned up front, we uh, record this show at the UCB Inner Sanctum uh, on Sunset and Western. So it is right up the street. Yeah. I remember when Western and Sunset and Western in Hollywood was a really gnarly block. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. It used to be one of the most dangerous streets in all of L.A. Well, I'll tell you that 207 stop right here at Sunset and Western can get pretty janky. Um, when I do catch it over there, because I do a lot of shows along Sunset, like to Silver Lake, to Echo Park, and I always go back right there to Sunset and Western for the 207. And, I mean, all sorts of, you know, sometimes it'll get to the point where I'm like, do I have to call a lift? You know, I hate to do, oh. I hate not to use my bus pass, but once in a while that'll happen, like when the people want to hang out with me. I'm like, no, 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 no. I just better journey on. You know, it's one of the special things about the corner of Sunset and Western, uh, the taco truck. Yes. Uh, on the corner where that shoe store is. Yes. That is one of the very best taco trucks in the city. They're Al Pastor Tacos. Mwah! Unofficial Whoa. sponsor of Busted Los Angeles. <laughs> the taco truck across the street. A taco Love bus. that place. It's like a buck and a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> for the tacos, they're so good. Nice slice of pineapple on that. Ooh. Yeah, it's good stuff. I love it. Uh, now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> That'll have to be the trip after the after the show. Okay. Well, I should first let you know a little something about myself. 
I do take the bus because I'm vision impaired. I can see perfectly through this tiny tunnel. But because I'm in that little tunnel, I have a white cane that I carry around, you know, to make up for the stuff I don't see. So one day I was on my journey down from Beechwood. I was going to catch the two on Sunset down at Sunset and Gower. So I'm trekking down there. Didn't look at the bus time, you know, just winging it. I get around Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. To my left was that big crowd waiting to go in and get some good grub. To the right, there was that little vendor who has like hats and keychains and stuff. And then I noticed there's this woman high on something, her arms flailing about, and she's harassing the vendor. I don't think she was buying anything. I think she was just, you know, wanting to harass somebody. And I thought, okay, stay with him. I'm going to keep my head down and just power walk down to the bus stop so she doesn't notice me. Right about the time I pass Roscoe's, I feel somebody pulling on the back of my purse. And I turn around. Can we use profanity? Okay. You sure can. (laughs) Then I'll be honest. So I turn around and I said, what do you think you're doing? And she said, I can heal you. Now, with my white cane, and like everybody else in the L.A. sun, I wear sunglasses. So, of course, to everyone, I look like I'm completely blind. And then there are these certain types of people of a niche religion or high as a kite that think they can heal me. And I have zero tolerance for those street healers. So the lady, you know, as she says, I can heal you. I just get my finger right in her face and I said, lady, fuck off. And I turn around and I just start walking as fast as I can towards sunset to my bus stop. And occasionally I look back over my shoulder and she was in the distance at first. And I, you know, I keep just walking and walking and walking. I look back and she's gaining on me. And I'm like, oh, great. I don't have time for this today. I keep walking down there, and by the time I get to the bus stop at Sunset and Gower, she is right behind me. And then she's grabbing my back, saying, I can heal you. I can heal you. And because she wouldn't let go, I was so mad. And I'm 99 pounds. This lady was probably a good 150, but I was going to kick her ass. And I turned around, and I grabbed her right arm at the forearm, and I had both my hands just squeezing it, and I was calling her every obscenity that could come out of my mouth. And as I'm doing all this, and I was squeezing her arm as tight as I could, just trying to decide, you know, am I going to flip her over my shoulder? Am I going to slam her on the ground? What am I about to do to this woman? She's just standing there so calmly with her arm up, like, you know, go ahead, squeeze my arm. You know, just with this peaceful look on her face, which was making me even angrier. And then I just, you know, give her a good once-over. And she was in business attire, like slacks and a satiny blouse. And her hair was pulled back, but she was just all disheveled. Like, she went out after work yesterday and the party's still going on. And then I started thinking, okay, this lady is in a terrible place in her life. She has some issues. I can't beat her up. One, because she has some issues, and two, because I can't beat her up. And so I let go of her arm, and I looked at her, and I said, I'm calling the cops. And I grabbed my phone out of my bag, and I thought, I better take a picture of her first. So I get out my camera phone, and we're standing—she's less than an arm distance away from me. I hold up my camera, and the sun was so bright— that I couldn't see anything on my camera screen. And, you know, in this scenario, you can't fool with the contrast on your phone or anything like that. So 
I just kept trying to, you know, imagine what would be her face centered in my phone. And I pressed where I thought the little button was. And I was like, now I'm calling the cops. And she said, wait a minute, you can see me. And I'm like, hell yes, I can see you. And she said, you can see me. And I said, yes, I can see you. And I'm about to call the cops. And she said, my work is done here. And she held out her arms and she gracefully just took off walking. And this is the busiest intersection right there at Western and Sunset. She didn't press the button or look at the walk signs or for traffic. And it was so busy at that moment. And she just had her arms out and walked down Gower across Sunset, made a right and went down Sunset. And, you know, I'm just mesmerized watching like, why is nobody swerving, honking or, you know, hitting the brakes? It just happened. And I watched her as she disappeared. And in a weird way, as she's a, quote, healer, we could say she walked on traffic. (laughs) So as I'm watching her disappear down Sunset, the two rolls up. And I'm like, yeah, I I just need to get to where I'm going and get the hell out of here. So I get on the bus. I tap my card and I sit down. And then I get my phone back out. And I just want to look up her picture and see, see what that crazy woman looked like. And... I had had my phone in selfie mode. So there was this very angry picture of me. I'd never seen what I look like when I want to kill somebody. And I was like, well, she could still be in my sunglasses. So I zoom into my sunglasses on the picture, and she's nowhere to be found. Very supernatural episode of Busted. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I've seen that photo. That was a very good photo of Bella. <laughs> oh, why, thank you. Yeah. yeah, that was what you said that, that day I showed it to you, and you're like, oh, that's a good picture. And I was like, really? When I'm about to kill somebody? It was probably because you had centered it so much, and you were so focused. <laughs> <laughs> and little did I know, I couldn't see anything when I was taking it. It was the determination in the photo. I was like, boy, that, that is a, there's a flame within her. Oh, yeah. Fired up. We can post that. If there's a place to post it, I'll send it to you. Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah, and then you can zoom in. You guys can zoom in and see if you see any figure in my sunglasses. There's nothing. I think there's a palm tree or something. And then you walk down to the taco truck and said, give me two pastors, damn it. That's right. (laughs) That's amazing, though. That's you know, I've I've dealt with uh, the healers before. You know, I was on crutches for a while because I had torn ligaments in my knee, and uh, I remember one time riding on the red line, and you know, I'm chatting with these dudes. They're coming back from a USC football game. It's like whatever, uh, and then as we're getting off, all at the same stop at Vermont and Wilshire, one of the guys that was kind of tagging behind, uh, you know, says, "Hey, uh, would you mind if I uh, if I heal your knee?" for you and i was like okay you know I mean, we're so alike yeah i mean i'm not i'm not religious or anything and he got on a knee asked my name asked for the diagnosis like which ligament which cartilage all that wow yeah he was very into it one knee like he was going to propose and asked if he could touch my knee i said absolutely not and oh. he goes well i don't know if it'll work as effective without touching the knee. And I said, well, you'll just have to make it work because <laughs> you're not touching my knee. And he Good goes, call. Good he goes, call. okay, we'll make it work. And he gets on his knee and he's pushing his fingers forward as if he's like 
pushing out like rays or spell from his fingers. He's going, Lord Almighty, please help Scott Schultz with his torn meniscus and his uh, torn MCL and his partially torn ACL and uh, help him be 100% healed and the part of his ankle that's sore, make that feel better. You know, with the power of you, the power of Jesus, heal him, heal him. And he just kind of did an extension, like heal him. And his hands went around my knee without touching it. And uh, then he goes, how do you feel? And I said, well, I think I'm about 50% better and that's good. You know, I feel better than before you started. Uh, so I appreciate that. And he goes, well, would you be okay if I tried it again to finish the job? <laughs> I'm like, sure, go for it, you know? Um, and he goes, are you sure I can't touch your knee? I go, yes, you can do everything but touch the knee. He kind of reviewed all the parts again, you know, make sure you got all the words right. Kind of said something very similar, a lot of the flowing fingers, the magic fingers, heal him, heal him. And he gets up. So how do you feel now? I go, I still feel like I'm at that about that 50% mark. You know, maybe it just, I need a night, a night's rest and then I'll wake up in the morning. And if I'm all better, I'll know it was you. And then he goes, no, not me. Jesus. And I go, well, yeah. You and Jesus. And uh, never saw him again. But I, I get offered healings all the time when I was on crutches. So how was your knee the next day? Uh, a year and a half later, it's good as new. <laughs> wow. I yeah. mean, because that's a pretty serious injury, a torn ACL, meniscus, all those little pieces in there. Yeah, well, eventually I got surgery. <laughs> oh, I was going to, that was my thought was, you know, people and have to get surgery. Rehabilitation. And a couple people might have gone on the ground and pointed at my knee a little bit. That doctor, <laughs> that surgeon healed you, Scott. Yeah, he did a good job. The surgeon and that dude in the subway. And, yes. And Jesus. And, uh, and I don't want to forget my attorney, James Pocrass. He's awesome. He's a big fan of Busted. He, uh, he uh, takes care of the bicyclists, Pocrass and De Los Reyes in Century City. So if you ever fall in a hole like I did, you know, that's who you should call. Or if you ever get run off the road, that's who you should call. I'm sure you already know this, but I bet a lot of these people out here in listener land don't know this. When you take the dash bus, you can use your tap card. I can. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those little-known facts that, uh, you know, tap cards are good on the L.A. dot buses as well. If you have a one-week or a one-month, you know, uh, pass, you can use that on those connector buses. However, if you have a Metrolink pass, you can use it on the Dash, the Pasadena bus, the Foothill Transit, uh, Montclair, and, like, all the surrounding uh, buses. And it costs 25% less. I didn't know that. There you go. I'm going to save you some money. Well, do you get a discounted rate? Well, being that I'm a very special category with my vision issue, I get what's called an access pass. So what's that? And they do have that van, but that van can be a hassle. So I just use it on the buses and the train, and I get all that stuff. What? Free. You get van rides? Well, but the van ride, um, they take you pretty far too, but the catch is you have to schedule that 24 hours in advance 
and, you know, they could pick up everybody in this room. So you can't, you know, if I had to be here at two and they picked up all of you and you're all going to different locations, it's one of those things where I would need to schedule four hours ahead. Yeah. So, you can't, so I never use that van. Could you take it to go like the Ontario Mills Mall or yes, because <laughs> Disneyland? Uh, bef- <laughs> before I quit driving, I was really into camping, and I, you know, would that was why I didn't want to give up my license. I, I loved road trips, and you know, I've asked them about, well, can you guys drive me to a certain point and drop me off? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. So, wow, you know, they have a dis a limit, and then they might charge you three dollars or something. I think. Actually, now that I think about it, it might be three twenty-five. Because when I was a, U- a student at UCLA, they could never find me on that campus, even though they have one bus stop there. Um, and that got a bit frustrating. But it was like I think three twenty-five for any ride within twenty-five or fifty miles. Don't quote me on that, people in listener land, because I would really need to look it up. I don't use the van that often. I just use my access pass for the bus and the train. Now, do you find people are polite to you? When you walk on the bus with your cane, like, will people stand up and get out of the way, especially because they don't know right away? All the time. I mean, it, the train, you get those people that sit in the handicap seats. Now, my legs are in great shape. You know, I'm still young and fit, but I do like, you know, especially if I have groceries or I'm going a long distance, I like to take advantage of that little special seat. But, you know, whenever I see an elderly person, I always get up and everybody's like, oh! <gasps> You know, thinking the blind woman knew she was old. I could smell her. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> she smelled um, old. <laughs> but there are a lot of young, fit-looking people that sit in those seats, and they think I can't see them at all, and they just sit there and just look at their phone. And you can see the guilt, like, I'm just not going to look around anywhere, and that blind woman will never know. So I, I make sure, you know, like, I tap their foot with my cane, you know, like, <laughs> I don't notice them. <laughs> Got to pull those kind of tricks out. You go, ah, young, fit breath. Yes. <laughs> That's wild. And uh, now, when, okay. did you, when did you give up your license, I should say? If the cops weren't listening. So I was supposed to turn it over in 2008. You only have a few that listen. <laughs> They're transit cops. <laughs> and not because I was a bad, bad girl, but I was a bad girl after they told me to turn it over. Because I was like, hell no, <laughs> I'm not going to quit driving. So... Georgia rebel. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> Just that, that like like our friend Buck Ball, that outlaw blood. Yeah, yeah. So as a hardcore Southern motorist um, <laughs> at your core, what was the hardest thing for you to get used to when you became a bus rider in the city? The hardest thing, I think, was not wearing heels. That's a big one. Um, you know, I, I had to just start investing in comfy shoes, a backpack. And I remember when I yeah. first started riding the bus, one of my friends made fun of me. You know, we were splitting parting ways. And he was like, ha, 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 you look like a kindergartner because I had on tennis shoes and this big backpack. And he didn't realize it, but it really hurt my feelings because, you know, my, my lifestyle was changing. Yeah. And, and I thought, oh, my God, I do look like a little kid and all this. Well, and, and you're very young looking, too. I thank you. And but when I first, you know, when I when I first, you know, everything was on the table. I had two accidents in one week. They were all my fault because of vision issues. Yeah, I drove until I think it was 2012 to 2013. There's some crazy stories that happened with that. But um when I finally stopped, I'm like, I am not riding that damn bus, and I ordered an adult-size razor scooter. 
and <laughs> decided I'm going to get around town like this. And I did ride it once from Beechwood Canyon all the way to the Miracle Mile. That actually sounds more dangerous for you than driving. Well, I went over the handlebars almost to the Miracle Mile, and luckily that big old backpack saved me. My hands, you know, were all raw from the cement, and then I went home and ordered a helmet, and I was like, I better start wearing a helmet with this thing. Well, then it was yeah, that was short-lived, me riding that little scooter around. You know, I was like, yeah, this isn't. <laughs> I can't see the people beside me, so I'm going to take down a few pedestrians. Oh, man, that sounds really, really scary. Um, do you have a favorite stretch of public, uh, public transit? You mean where I like to just yeah, look just, out the window? Yeah, look out the window or just a special place, like where, maybe where you – wait for a bus where you're like, oh, man, I don't care if this bus shows up for an hour. You know, this is just too nice. You know, it depends. Sometimes it's peaceful at this. So when I take the Beachwood Dash a lot if I'm going into Hollywood for something because, you know, it's the, it's the main hub for every other bus. But there's one bus stop not many people wait at for that bus, and it's at Argyle and Hollywood, like on the side of that building. I guess yeah. it's the the northwest side. And um, not many people sit at that bus stop. Once in a while, you will get somebody, you know, that smells bad or something just hanging out on the bench. But It's Hollywood. It's Hollywood, but it's Holly usually weird. shaded because there's this big building beside it, and they're doing all that construction diagonally from it. Yeah. And it's amazing watching that crane. And it, it really is a peaceful little spot, even though it's in the middle of all the chaos it's yeah. you know kind of tucked away from all the crowds and tourists and everything so because right across the street from there is one of the craziest stops i think with the uh the vine in um hollywood where the subway yes. lets out There's and as a vision impaired person i try like if i'm going to trader joe's or wells fargo i don't know if i should be plugging those i'm not yeah it's okay if i need to go to any I of those there. i buy their <laughs> pasta <laughs> i still try to go around the block instead of going um down Hollywood and then yeah. making that left on Vine because that's so clustered. And if you just yeah. see in this little tunnel, oh, all yeah. these people and all the people sitting and laying on the sidewalks, it's like, you know, bodies left and right and, the and up it and house. down. And the, and the It Mansion. I, they actually showed that on a Greyhound that I was on once. They, you know, they're like, hey, who wants to see a movie? And <laughs> so we all said, yeah, because we're stuck in the middle of like Indiana or Ohio or Oklahoma. And he goes, well, I have this. And he puts in part one of it <laughs> oh wow because it was like a tv mini series and like we're all freaked out by the time we reach our destination and then we never even got to see part two yeah but I, i'd already seen it well you gotta watch it. part two to see what happens i know well now it's even scarier because now they have uh you know uh cgi teeth like in the yeah. <laughs> everything stuff. looks more realistic now <laughs> yeah the realistic <laughs> shape-shifting clowns of it evil. is yeah and um, now, do you ever miss driving? Um, just for road trips and things. I mean, for the most part, no, not in L.A. I, I would not want to be a driver in a car. And I even prefer the bus if my friends want to pick me up to ride. I am scared in a car now, I guess because I'm on the bus so often that when you're in a car now, you're just so up close to things. Yeah. And the car is so small. So if you did get Lower. hit. Yeah. I freak out in passenger seats now. I mean, I, I drove for years. I was a road salesman, and uh, sometimes I'll get a ride, and little things like, you know, getting off an exit, 
you know, where you kind of pull up to the person that's directly in front of you and you stop. And I'm thinking like, oh, my God, we're going to hit them. Uh! Yeah. And and they're like, dude, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm that person, too. As a passenger now, I am terrified. I'm always like, whoa, you know, like somebody's going to hit us from the side or you're going to run into the back of that. Uh, I know. I was watching uh, on the news. Uh, there was some drag racers in Northridge and the car got cut into like fourths. And I'm like, oh, I don't want that oh. to happen to me. That To me, that's like the worst. I, I don't want to die in a car because it's too ironic at this point. They'd be like, well, what the heck is he doing in a car anyhow? Anyway, I want to thank you for uh, being on a show, Bella. Do you have I've any, enjoyed it. Do you have any upcoming shows? And uh, you can list any shows you have up through November since uh, I don't know when we're going to make the official air date yet. Well, my mind just drew blank. I'm at the Lexington and Chris Corbell's show, Tattletales. Okay. That's on a Tuesday. <laughs> I and- will post it on Twitter at well- Bella Cosper on Twitter. Uh, also, uh October 29th, our regularly scheduled residency show at Stories Books and Cafe in Echo Park on Sunset Boulevard. We have our live shows there on the final Sunday of every month. Love, love, love Stories Books and Cafe. That is our home terminal. Next show is October 29th at 5 p.m. on the back patio. November, we're going to be a part of LA Commotion. This is the inaugural event. It's a five-day conference about alternative mobility and the future of getting around. It is going to be amazing. It's going to be like a Luc Besson movie. It's going to have uh, innovators and leaders of public transit and alternative mobility from all around the world and inventors. They're going to have an outdoor stage in downtown LA Arts District, which is going to have a busted Los Angeles stage. We're going to have two live shows there and two live podcasts there as well. It's going to be set up as the bus stop of the future, on the sidewalk of the future, on the roads of the future. That's LA Commotion. It's going to be awesome. It's in November. Go to lacommotion.com. To find out more about Busted Los Angeles, go to our website, bustedlosangeles.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram, at Busted Los Angeles. Twitter, at Busted LA. Also on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash c forward slash busted los angeles if you'd like to tell a story on a future episode of busted or have busted come to your part of the city you can reach me scott schultz at busted los angeles at gmail.com i would like to thank our guest bella cosper once again i want to thank our super executive producer that's the highest level of executive producer by the way in podcast language miss emily Sachs, fellow bostonian kind of more of a massachusettsian and also our producer zig and uh, my name is scott schultz for those of you who get around by bus train rollerblade skateboard walking Be aware of your surroundings. We're in Los Angeles. And for those of you who are motorists, please respect the crosswalks. Thank you, and we'll see you soon.